When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey guys, I'm Lydia. Hi, I'm Jesse. And I'm Adam. Let's talk Hoya. Annyeong. Hello. Hello, Hoya heads. Welcome to Let's Talk Hoya podcast. And now that we're in the new year, we wanted to start off with a bang and do a three-part series on different kinds of Hoya foliage and best practices on caring for them and our experiences. Yeah. So what's the first part of this series? Well, you, you already saw it. Dun, dun, dun. It's the title. <laughs> But part one of three is going to be the thickums. Two those, C's. Yes. Those big, thick-leaved Hoya babes. I like them. Thick and veiny. <laughs> Some of y'all may be wondering, well, Lydia, Jesse, Adam, what makes a Hoya a thick-leaved Hoya? So whenever we're talking about Hoya in this category, I would say... It varies from, you know, bigger leaved Hoya to smaller leaved Hoya. Hoya like Latifolia, Verticillata, Carnosa are all ones that I would consider to be thicker leaved Hoya. Um, if we're looking at like smaller leaved varieties, I would say ones like Sunrise, Obscura. Um, what else would you say? Matilde, those ones are all thicker leaved ones. What about Thomsonii? Because those are pretty thick Yeah, leaves. and Lee Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomsonii, Lee Rotundiflora for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they come in all shapes and sizes, but they are some thickums. And so um, today it's really just going to be all about our experiences with thicker-leaved Hoya. And all the ins and outs of what we do, what you can do to help them grow big, bad, huge, and all the things in 2024. <laughs> and so clarifying this year that none of us are actual researchers, but botanists or in any way professionals. These are our humble opinions. You know, you know what we leaves. need to do? We need to record one of those, you know, whenever they do like the drug the advertisements yeah. and it's like, this may cause dizziness, blah, 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 death, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> if you are allergic to Let's Talk Hoya, please do not consume Let's Talk Hoya. Thank you. 
<laughs> yeah, I could just speed it up. I'm sure there's there's I'm sure there there's people out there that listen to us on 1.5. Yeah. Do you guys ever do that? I do not. I can't do that. Some people even listen on two times speed. No, my ears don't work that fast. We we probably sound very weird, but to them, but that's probably. Wait, I kind of want to. Okay, after we're done recording, I want to listen to one and see what that sounds like. (laughs) It sounds like you know chipmunks, but yeah. Oh my god! For those girls that don't have the time, I don't think my brain works that fast. (laughs) Honestly, if I'm being honest, yeah, no, my brain's not going to work that fast. Okay, so when it comes to thicker leaved Hoya, what should we talk about first? Our experiences with them. Yeah. Well, personally, as all of you know, or most of you know, and if you're new, you're about to find out. (laughs) I love thick leaf Hoyas, mainly because to me, they are the most like resistant to quick death. Which, for me as a collector, is an important trait in a plant, in a Hoya. Um, So even from the beginning of me collecting, I've always focused on the thicker leaf Hoya, the bigger leaf Hoya. I also think personally that they're better at resisting pests or at least surviving pests. And um, I like how quickly they like fill out and make room look fuller. Just like even with. A few thick, big leaf Hoyas. Yeah, like two, well, maybe like four or five leaves and it looks like a full plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. my personal opinion. I mean, I think I gravitate towards thick leaves like that uh, too, just because they really do take some abuse. Like they can really go a long time without water and they'll <laughs> and they'll bounce back. In my opinion, they're easier for me to care for. And I also know when they need water easy, easier because when that thick leaf gets a little flexible, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you need a drink. Yeah. You're, and, te- you're telling me what you need. And some people call it the taco method, right? Yeah. But I mean, I don't. Yeah, I just squeeze the leaf a little. Mm-hmm. And they definitely have that like resistance in them, because when was it one time we talked about that Finley Sony that you had? <clears throat> And how it just sat there for what two months? Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, and it was just like a floppy disco, <laughs> like floppy floppy everywhere. Put it in a prop bin, and I want to say like two weeks later, it was like boop, like yeah, nothing it, ever it, happened. Back yeah. to normal. It grew like roots. it got green again. Yeah, it turned, it turned green. It grew roots, and then uh, started sending off new growth. A thin leaf hoya can never. I mean, truly, a thin leaf, it would never. Okay, well, thin leaf is for another day, but we're not going to be throwing no shade to thin leaves. So, <clears throat> I think I need to group them by leaf thickness to be like, oh, these ones can weigh a little bit of watering, you know? Yeah, because yeah, those smart. thick leaves, like sometimes you would look at a thick leaf hoya and you wouldn't even realize. Because I mean, we all grow hydroponically. If there's any new listeners that haven't listened to, some of our more beginning episodes, you should definitely go back and listen to them. But we are, you know, semi-hydro babes. And a lot of times there's some Hoya where you can tell that reservoir is dry without even checking. But some Mm -hmm. of those thicker ones, like that reservoir can be bone dry. And the Hoya is just like, boop. Oh, yeah. I mean, for like probably another week after having zero water, it'll still be pretty like turgid, the the leaf density, I guess. Yeah. 
But I don't think that means we're like in any way endorsing the abuse, the of, abuse of the plants. <laughs> but like for me, like I get busy or sometimes I travel a lot. So that's definitely a big appeal for collecting the thicker leaved Hoyas. Um, and sometimes even when I'm home, I'm so busy or I'm going through something like in my life that I'm just like not prioritizing watering and being able to like not lose my whole collection is like a bright spot for me. Yeah. I I don't know. I was trying to say it differently. No, absolutely not promoting the abuse (laughs) of your plants. I have to say no matter what Hoya you are in my house, you are getting equal treatment. (laughs) I do not let you get bone dry. I don't get to taco testing my Hoya. My Hoya are beloved in my house and they mm-hmm. all stay nice and moist, plump and <laughs> <laughs> full of moisture. <laughs> yeah, no, you got you to gotta show them who's boss every once in a while. You got you to gotta keep them scared. That's what you got to do. You're like, oh, yeah, you want to you want to give me attitude? This is what could happen to you. <laughs> so what's your watering routine like usually for your thicker leaved Hoya? Well, during the summer, usually like once a week, but the thickest of the leaves can wait like a week and a half. But during the winter, like 10 to 14 days. And definitely I have pushed that to three weeks. And still survived. Yeah. Still alive. (laughs) You still got it. I feel like my thick-leaved Hoya, most of them are in bigger cash pose. So... They also get more nutrients when I do water, so it lasts a bit longer in those ones. Um, but I tend to just not, like, I don't distinguish, uh, like, thin or thick-leaved, and when I water, I kind of go by my shelves, and sometimes I go a little too long, but my shelves are mixed with thick-leaved and thin-leaved, so in the summer, I'm usually watering once a week. In the winter, like, every two weeks. It's fi- It's fine here. But again, the thick-leafed ones are, like I said, in bigger pots. So a lot of them still have like nutrient solution in them when the smaller pots ones are just completely dry. So I definitely don't need it as often as some of the other ones, though. No, 100%. And, you know, we're recording this in November, although this will go out in the beginning of the of the next year. But <sighs> I know. But gotcha. I was watering some of my plants, and I'm starting to get to that point where it's like, oh, winter is coming because i mean some of my smaller pots yeah they were dry but all the bigger ones still had water in the reservoir so i'm like oh okay you can go another week which is super super nice yeah yeah it's it's a lot less stressful in the in the cooler months mm-hmm. and i think i didn't realize it like how many of my plants are actually like thicker leaved until I recently started trying to make like a chart of all my plants. Um, and I was like putting little watering schedules in for them. And so many of them were like, can wait 10 plus days, can wait 10 plus days. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. Like if I ever like die or like suddenly need to be away from my plants for three months, Somebody will have like exact instructions on how they live. Let me send you my care cards. Yeah. Okay. But since y'all are the ones that let your thicker leaf Toya go a little bit floppier than some, (laughs) me, (laughs) (laughs) have you ever let any of them go too far? Like they were like, it was like a few days too many too far. 
Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking specifically a uh, um, Latifolia Snow Queen. I think that's the correct. Um, I let her go too far, and I she was like crinkly, like even the stem was crinkly, and I watered her and just never came back. And the thing is, even when it's dead, it's still green. But like I went to pick it up and <laughs> all of the leaves fell off like like magic, like doop. And I was like, yeah, this one's going in the graveyard. Yeah. Once that stem <laughs> starts to go raisiny, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any coming back from that. Because I've seen some of your guys' stories where the plant is like wrinkly to a point I'm like, dang, never have I ever seen a plant like that. And then it's like two days later, you post an update and it's like, boop, you know, they bounce back. And it's like, dang, by some miracle, it came back. But yeah, some of those it's plants. It's a miracle. Like, <laughs> it's nature, all right? Yeah. This okay, is the shit they do are... without nature. <laughs> okay, but what are the tall tale signs? Because uh, I think once you let a Hoya go too far, you get into the, because so many people are worried about getting root rot, which means, you know, you've given your plants too much water. But on the flip side of that, there is dry rot. And so what are the tall, the tall tale Tell, 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 dead plants correct yeah. correct because like <laughs> even for us like semi-hydroponically you know there's always going to be dead roots and as long as there's good roots you're okay so it's okay if you have springtails but it also happens when <laughs> for me how i know that it's like gone too far and it's past the point is when you do water it i give it two days because these plants that are behind me on the shelf were wrinkly like raisin that silver lacanosa was so it was like it was like, like the old lady. Spinach. It was the old lady on the end of the Titanic, like throwing the necklace <laughs> into the water, like for for real. And yesterday, she still wasn't like non wrinkly, and she pulled through today. So two days after watering, if they're still wrinkly, then you need to take a safety cutting of the healthiest part of that plant and start it again. Let me let me re- go to the past and tell me that about my MGG. <laughs> yeah, me calling me out right now. <laughs> I'm I'm sure if you follow my personal Instagram or my plant Instagram, Perritos y Plants, you've seen my NGG on my stories and me showing off how dry I can get her to spring back. And this latest. You took it too far? This latest round, I took it too far. Flirting with disaster. Literally, I picked her up and all of the leaves fell off. All of the stems were wrinkly. (laughs) That plant is so dead. It was big. Like I considered it mature and established. Mine's doing well. I thanks. Thank you for pointing that out. Wrinkly stem definitely is like. Oh, it's like it's like you know when you buy grapes. Yeah, and you don't ever buy the grapes when they have the 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 stems that are wrinkly because you're like, oh, that ain't no fresh grapes no more. You know, same thing with your plants. (laughs) Once that stem gets wrinkly, you're like, dang, that ain't no fresh grapes no more. That hoya ain't no fresh hoya no more. (laughs) Adam came over and saw it. He was like, oh, what happened here? I was like, oh, nothing. I don't want to talk about it. I literally said that to him. So yeah. 2024, Jesse is rebuilding her collection. 
Yes. Yeah. It's um, new year, new new plants that I've already killed once. And good thing we're, you know, doing this series because Jesse's going to go back and listen to him and be like, oh, that's what I got to do to keep him alive for 2025. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it truly is. Like, don't you feel like that? If it's not, well, you've never experienced it, but if it's not rehydrating and yeah, have, if it though, doesn't, yeah. Some of our well, 10 plants got really, really, know, really, yeah. And they bounce right back. Yeah. As long as they bounce back, it's okay. But if it hits like two days and they don't bounce back, I would say take a security cutting For because sure. then the next stage of dry rot, and it happens pretty quickly, is it moves up the stem yeah. and then your whole stem becomes mush. Like the, like the petiole of the leaves almost like rot and mush. And then the whole plant is just toasted. Yeah. So I would say if you see it, it doesn't happen. Take that security cutting. I even say, you know, like put it in high humidity to help with like a little bit of that moisture, help it plump up and make sure you still have a backup plan, you know? Yeah. Now, Greenhouse Girl 94 Gretchen on Instagram, been following her since the beginning, but she doesn't do a lot of Hoya, but she does aeroids and in a lot. The one she always shows the most of doing this with is a peace lily. Um, as you can see, mine is constantly floppy. I thought that was a fake floppy plant for the <laughs> longest time. And then one time I touched it and I was like, oh, no, that's it's real. real. Yeah, it's just that poor floppy. thing's always just floppy. Um, I watered her today, so she should be bouncing back. You know, tomorrow. I'm surprised, though. She has been around since we've known you. Yeah. I mean, so she she's still here. Yeah. I mean, still growing. I love that piece of it. But anyway, so when oh, Gretchen. Oh, you love it. Yeah, I do. Um, Gretchen, whenever she waters a plant like that, well, that's floppy so floppy she lays it on its side so the plant has to do less work to get the water from the roots up through the stems so if you lay it on the side it doesn't have to like pull that water gravity yeah it doesn't have to anti-gravity yeah and uh i've never tried it with hoya but i can't do that with my hoya because we grow in yeah. in is, pond and like is that a thing though yeah so she does it with all her like because she takes care of plants like that's her job and she worked at a nursery but when they get really floppy she just Put some because that will. Bro, let work. me go home and put my nickel sunny on on its side <laughs> no, and see. Okay, okay, she okay. Did. But that <laughs> that piece lily takes about two days to like get back to normal because mm. I it got so far. But I think that it goes quicker if you lay it on its side. Mm. I don't know if that works for. Will Hoya. you try it next time though? But, with a piece um, lily? but or is it also in pond? No, that's in soil. Okay. Just so you know, if you don't let your plant get to that point, There's then you, no don't need have to. To, you don't have to go through the trouble of figuring okay, out well, mechanics. We're talking about real life, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about my personal experience, and my personal experience is my plants are always in a constant state of dying. This is our lived experience. You cannot deny us our lived experience. Much akin no. to me. <laughs> no, I'm just saying for the listeners so they don't have to suffer yeah. through what we've suffered during, you know? So. But, but you know how your pets start to look like their owners my plants start to look like me and i'm always one foot in the grave so yeah. they too live in that existence with me yeah you're oh, pretty ashy saying. we need some lotion over there Stop. <laughs> you're not i think i have lotion <laughs> racism i'm calling this i racism. think i think it'll help though if we lay you on your side yeah. as, we, as we lotion you up might help you taking that moisture a little bit better Stop. <laughs> Uh, anyway yes uh, that was good. That was uh, for those of you who are a lot better plant owners um i'm not saying you're a bad plant no, owner or, or for those of you who don't live who don't live on the edge 
you now have a few telltale signs of what it might look like if you're underwatering your plants. Yeah. Especially your thickums. Yes. Two days max. Two yes. days max. Yes. Take that security cutting. Okay. So along the lines of watering, I think a popular one is fertilization, which we have talked about before, but let's, you know, hash that out again. I mean, I don't personally feel like I don't treat my, any of my plants. Well, no, I don't. I don't treat any of them different. I know that you kind of do a half solution Mm -hmm. for your thinner leaved ones, but I haven't done that yet, but I do plan on doing that if I see some of mine getting affected, but I don't treat my thick leafed from the rest of my collection. I don't treat it different as far as like fertilizer strength. Yeah, they definitely don't. Because, you know, there's the thing such as like fertilizer burn and things of that nature that people get concerned about when they're getting to the point where, okay, they're thinking about fertilizer or like, what am I supposed to do? Things of that nature. But I mean, I've never had a thicker leaved Hoya that I've burned with fertilizer. Just from personal experience. Yeah. I don't know if it's different, like if you're using soil or anything like that, but just from personal experience, that has never been the thing. Um, And I feel like they can take quite quite a bit yeah i agree not saying you know go guzzle your your plants with you know a bunch of fertilizer but i'm just saying you know they don't they don't seem to be as prone for you know burn and things of that nature or or like going chlorotic from too much you know nutrients or things of that nature so now they will get chlorotic with too much light oh let's talk about that lighting big time Sometimes I'll move them away from a girl light if I see they're getting chlorotic because I do love the deep green of some of like those thick leaf toya, like the latifolia. I just love that deep green color. Um, but yeah, I, I keep them on the same light as everything else. And I think they can actually probably take harsher light a little more than some of the other ones could. Um, and some of them can sun stress a little beautifully, but I just do, I do what I do with everything. They definitely don't seem to be as prone to some like lighting issues that can happen as far as going like really chlorotic or um, even getting, um, what is it? When there's those little red, the anthocyanins or yeah. things of that nature don't happen as much on thicker leaf Toya. I think there are some exceptions, like there are definitely are some that are more prone to anthocyanins which like anthocyanins are like those little like black reddish dots that happen or like purplish even dots that happen on the foliage i think that's edema edema anthocyanins or what sun stresses like what presents a sun stressing oh i mean yeah i guess you're you're right though because some little purple parts because okay so we look at when we were at april's greenhouse we see all her plants and how they sun stress and that's one of the things she loves doing it's like testing sun stressing and some Hoya it'll just come as like these blemishes on the leaves, like these mm-hmm. purple red dots. But then you have Hoya like the sunrise that will be like this beautiful red all over the leaves. But the anthocyanins are what presents those colors. Yeah. To protect the leaf from highlight. So really it's like the sunscreen for the leaf being like, this is too bright. But we're like, Oh, but, that's so pretty. Yeah. It's like saying, Oh, well you're so pretty being bright, red and peeling. It's like, <laughs> like we said before, it's that lady, the the tan lady. Mm-hmm. I tan. Which there are some that are just really pretty sunstress, like, you know, like the sunrise, the obscura, but then even ones like crassy petiolata, if it's in too red of light, I've seen it have like those, 
like purplish spots on it, which I know a lot of people are not fond of. You know, another big one that does that is the Mm. carry eye because people are always like, what's going on with my carry eye? Because they have these like weird blemishes on them and I'm like, you're giving it too much light. Yeah. 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 I honestly feel like carry eye don't do well in super, super bright light. Yeah. That's just what I think. I think the leaves get a little bit wonky. In I don't a way. think Carrie I do well in anybody's home. No one should own one. They're ugly. <laughs> okay. You just I'm don't just like kidding. them. <laughs> okay. No, but remember when was it? It was literally like a couple weeks ago. Someone had posted a Carrie and it was literally perfect. Uh, yeah. Where was that? That was somewhere. Someone posted remember. a Carrie and it was literally the perfect, like, I think it was in our Pedunkle Pals group because I made a comment. I was like, get out of here with this. Yeah. <laughs> it was like beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. I was so. going to say, I don't have the experience of like, a lot of color or blemish on the leaves with the light, but I do get a lot of wonky leaves happening, especially when my big leaf or thick girls grow closer to the light. They start kind of like, it's almost like they're shriveling within themselves or like twisting up like tulips of some sort because they're too close to the light. And I've actually had physical like burn on the leaves from them, like wrapping around the the light bulb. But yeah, I don't normally move them unless I have to. Cause I'm like, okay, you did that to yourself, girl. <laughs> Find a way. Find like, a way You out. saw the bulb there and still went. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Yeah. Life finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> I recently had a RHM 14 one, one of Rick Morier's, um, hybrids. It's like a, I think it's a Vertisolata hybrid. I'm not sure. Um, but I have a T8 strip on one of my shelves and it grew to the point where the leaves literally grew like, touching the light and it was like a super deep dark green foliage and all the ones on the top are just pure like lemon yellow oh interesting from how just from how dark because the t8s it's like a double strip of light Mm -hmm. so imagine like two t5s basically put together so it's it's a it's a stronger light than some um and yeah it's just they're just yellow but it's not like (laughs) unhealthy like it's falling off or dying no it's just that's yeah. the color they're choosing to turn yeah. yeah but then also like i don't love it do you yeah. want that and i don't think you do either lydia because <laughs> no. like she's not the kind of girl to be like oh yeah i don't mind if there's a yellow leaf on my plant even yeah. though it's just chlorotic you know? no, see so i wouldn't mind <laughs> oh my goodness poor leafy uh, okay but i'm pretty sure once they're like pulled away from that light they'll go back to green right yeah oh yeah well so. i have had some that do go back to green well, not yeah. all of them but yeah yeah i think it'll... i mean i think i think they do like that happened with my dakie it was like very lime colored and it darkened up so i'm like and i'll come nice. back yeah. so yeah so i just caught it because i was like girls this is no no we strive <laughs> for perfection in this home so girls this is a no <laughs> that's gonna be a no for me Sometimes I just feel like we need to go just have like a therapy session with Lydia's plants. Yeah. And they'll be like, we're trying so hard. <laughs> and she just cuts us. Agree. <laughs> Every week we just, we just don't make it. <laughs> uh, okay. So along the lines of, um, well, I guess it's not really all the lines of lighting, but I was going to say humidity. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, so I have some thoughts on humidity. Yes. I think if you They're give thicker-leaved Hoya more humidity, mm-hmm. their leaves will be much thicker. Really? Here's why. You know, I have that cutting over there from this wonderful human 
they sent me a cutting of this. Uh, it's a well, they labeled it as a Hoya species India, and mm-hmm. I was like, cool. I've never had any Hoya from India that I know of. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are like, which one is that? Um, well, you can't really see it, but it's like third from the right. Definitely keep on waving your little finger, and it'll definitely third from the <laughs> the one that the vine is like out of the yeah, shelf. Okay. Yeah. So the top leaf there that's touching the light is chlorotic and it's yellow. So yeah. you can get a visual of what that would look like. But the leaves, the original leaves on that cutting are so thick. Like yeah. they are like, yeah, if, if I can visibly them, see how like thick it's, they are. They're almost round. And all of the leaves that have grown in my care and my ambient non-humidity are kind of like Carnosa-esque. Mm. So mm. I think it really impacted like how that leaf grew. At least that's my thought because it, I think... Machi had it in a greenhouse, something with a lot of humidity. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm not doing that. And I think it varies from like Hoya to Hoya too. Cause I think some Hoya, no matter if you grow an ambient or humidity, like it looks exactly the same, but I definitely have plants that I grow. Like when I have an ambient, when I have in humidity and they grow entirely different. Like the leaf, like how it feels and mm-hmm. shape and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I mean, Lacanosa is always a great example of that because even in the same pot, the foliage can change so drastically. Oh, time, yeah. But I mean, I, I have one that's sitting out in ambient and the leaves are, I mean, they're thinner and, you know, they're a little bit bigger, they're a little bit wider. And then I have one in almost like 95% humidity and those leaves are so thick. It's at least, I mean, it's like if you put like four of them together of the ones that are in ambient and they're just like so, so thick. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like what other Hoya are like really thick as far as like wide, like depth. Pachaclata to me feels like super thick and it's not necessarily like hugely used. It's just like. Yeah. Which Pachaclata now is something else. Is it? They gone done and changed the name. But that all being said, I don't think your thick leaved Hoya can adjust to ambient quicker than or way better than any other Hoya. Yeah, I agree. They literally they're just like the no fuss. They are they are the cockroaches <laughs> of the plant world, you know? They're just they can live through anything. Hola, Hoya friends. So we launched our Patreon, a.k.a. Peduncle Pals. It's been a joy connecting more with all of you, chatting in our Facebook group, and sharing more behind the scenes through our exclusive Patreon episodes every month. We're blown away by your support, and we're so grateful for every one of you that is joining us on this club. You can subscribe through our Patreon link through our Instagram bio, episode descriptions, or show notes. See you there. Looking to elevate your gardening game this season? Well, look no further than Coast of Maine, your go-to source for premium organic soils for over 28 years. Organic approved and sourced from oceans and farms, their full range of garden and lawn products are designed to restore roots to the natural world. So picture this. You're struggling with lackluster soil, just like I did last year, and your garden plans just aren't thriving. And that was until we discovered Coast of Maine. Their products infused my soil with the healthy microbes and nutrients it was craving, resulting in vibrant outdoor plants that practically thanked me for the upgrade. Omri listed and crafted from natural ingredients like lobster shells and fish bones, 
Their products not only nourish your plants, but also your peace of mind. Are you ready to take your garden to the next level? Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. That's why their products are carried by local retail partners who provide advice and insight, not just found in big box stores. And Coast of Maine knows from beginning to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. Their products make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. Let's get growing together. Visit coastofmaine.com today. That's coastofmaine with an e.com. Pachiclata is now subquinta. Conquinuervia? Um, so, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a Hoya? Conquinuervia? It is a Hoya. No, this is a subquinta plenervis. There we go. That's what they got categorized under. Just so you know. I did not know that. Yeah. I brought the species India over so. So we can have a field test. Rub my leaves. But do you see how this top leaf is? Oh, Adam, your leaves are so thick. Is that what your leaves look like? (laughs) It's even, it's even more than that. It's like it has no green on it, but it's like this bottom part right here. It's Mm -hmm. it's fully yellow on the front and back. Just the full thing. I'll have to take a picture of it before it goes green. To post it once this episode goes out. Yeah. I do love the, the the thickness of these leaves, though. I wish they were all more like these down here, though. Well, seems like someone needs a cabinet. No. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, thicker leaves, Hoya, definitely adjust to ambient like a charm. Like, no worries about it at all i remember you know one point in time before i got into thinner leaf toya i did have quite a bit of you know thicker leaf toya that were in cabinets and now none of them are in cabinets they're all in ambient and they've all adjusted now that doesn't go to say start throwing out all of your hoya yeah because you know there definitely is like an adjustment period and you also have to you know check and make sure like is this a good plan to just throw into a brand new environment. So also considerations to make if you are also running out of space and wanting to move plants into ambient, just consider like, is this plant doing good? Is it healthy before you change the environment on it? But I think that's the case for any plant. So now if you're Jesse or I, you just eat it out into gen pop and be like, well, good luck. <laughs> good luck. See, I would always wait until I at least got like four or five leaves and the root system was good. And then I'd be like, okay, now you can, now you may go little bird. <laughs> Fly away. I mean, okay. Yeah. That's what I would do too. But I don't have a cabinet. So definitely a good one. Like if you're super new to Hoya, like if you are a listener today and you just got into Hoya and you're like, what kind of Hoya should I get as a beginner? Or... You know, if you're a Hoya lover and you're like, I need to convince other people to be Hoya lovers, the thick leaves are the ones that you want to stick with. And 100%, I think, yeah, yeah, they're like so forgiving and they teach you how to be a better plant parent and give you the confidence to venture into other um, species of, of Hoya. So what would your go to thick leaf suggestion be? Because I have one oh, in my head. Mine would always if it's just thick leaf. Without consideration, well, you know, I would just say verticillata in general because verticillata has so many options. It has a splash. There's some verticillata that have bigger leaves. They flower prolifically and they're just so, so easy 
literally grow everywhere in situ. And so I would say like Verticillata is a good one. Okay. What about you, Jesse? Vangviensis. Ooh. Hoya Vangviensis. I would say no for a beginner though. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For a beginner, maybe revise. <laughs> Hoya Obovata. Okay. Yeah. I think she's gonna be a trooper. Remember the one that they like mailed and lost in the mail for like a month and a half, and like it lived, and then it just came to live with me and die. But it was a trooper in sure Arizona. A, that was a story. Arizona USPS lost it for like a month and a half, and it showed up still alive. <laughs> that was the day I became an Obovada fan. Um, the Vadviet. I hate the name of that one. Vang Viensis. Vang Viensis. Which technically is supposed to be Wang Wang Wansons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how Terrell had said it. Okay. I, well, that one has been pretty simple, but. I think once it's established, it's very easy, but starting for like a cutting can be a little bit more. You got to baby it a little okay. bit more, but I feel like like a Obovada or Vertislata, even from a cutting, like if you get that wrong, okay, keep on trying. Um, well, mine may be surprising, but I also do feel like it's a very easy beginner and also gorgeous plant is the Gnongaring. Oh, it is. It's a thick leaf. It has like the cardboard esque feel and I feel like it grows pretty well in, in ambient. Mine has always done pretty well. Right? No, you guys don't feel that same way. Yeah, no, actually. <laughs> I think I would not recommend the Gnongaring <laughs> To a beginner, simply because I feel like the price is always going to be a little higher. Well, yes. And but I feel right. like if you're like ready for your first pricey plant, yeah, you know, Ganagading is a good choice. But okay. like today, I'm into Hoya, and this is going to be the first one I'm buying. It's going to feel like a high stakes commitment, even though she a trooper. Yeah. I yeah no. Okay, but it well. is it is hardy though because I remember when was it? I think it was like. 20 like end of 2020 or something when i got one from you and that was like the era of the great flat mites before anybody knew flat mites were a thing in the united states and that gunning had flat mites and it stayed two leaves for two years and you know what Made it, it. it kept on going yeah. she it, survived it the never died and now it is a huge Big thriving plant. I think, so I think the Ganongading was patient zero for me because that's what I noticed them on. Because mm-hmm. I was like, there's these orange dots on my because I was doing a macro Monday. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Ugh. Anyway, it's I love that Hoya. But she made it through and yeah. now she's a big old gorgeous plant. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh Matilde. Okay, Matilde will be a good starter thick leaved Hoya. <gasps> that's good, because we didn't see a smaller leaf. That's a one, cute one. So. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. I had a question for you guys. Do you, would you guys consider chinguensis a thick leaf Hoya? I think I would because yeah. they are kind of like they're wide. Yeah. Smaller, thick mm-hmm. leaves. Those leaves are really like, thick. Girth to them, right? They do, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. I would not recommend it as a beginner plant. Yeah. Because I think that plant would be a great beginner plant. Don't get it as a cutting, but if you get it rooted, that plant grows so incredibly fast. But you just can't let it dry out. I think <laughs> if we can segue into another part of this, I think that is a, a mite magnet. I think any small leaf hoya is a mite magnet, which is another reason why I kind of like love big leaf hoya because even if they catch the mites, they'll survive the mites. And the small leaf hoyas won't. 
Like I like anytime my small leaf hoya have mites, I just like chop everything off. Hmm. So, but that's like my personal opinion. <laughs> I wouldn't say all small leaves are mite magnets. I think I think there's some most the, the just <laughs> just some. <laughs> just some i think like especially like bella Mm -hmm. which is which i wouldn't consider to be a thick lecoya but like bella is known to be a spider mite magnet vaccinoides also not a thick lecoya but yeah i mean i'm not i'm not gonna say i've never gotten spider mite on them because then we know what will happen so i'm just not gonna say anything but my silence (laughs) will speak volumes Okay, but oh, yeah. speaking of pests, though, I think one thing, you know, we went through, you know, we were saying they're less prone to some type of pests, like, you know, spider mites. I think I've, you know. Even if they're not less prone, they're easier to eradicate, in my humble opinion. Yeah, it takes, like, longer, I feel like, for the sap to, like, get pulled out of those plants. But one thing to be weary of when you're checking, like, say you get a brand new thick-leaved hoya especially ones with the bigger leaves they get those stems that are really woody Mm -hmm. and we know the flat mites like to lay eggs in the crevices of the woody stem which you almost don't realize how many crevices there are until you get Get microscope yeah once you get the microscope you're like dang there were that many crevices i just ordered a new one today yeah Uh, a new microscope yeah because mine was mine was on the outs yeah, I do. I do corroborate that. Um, I've seen that on like the Melifolia. <laughs> All right, lawyer Jesse. <laughs> sorry, I've <laughs> seen that on the Archmoldiana Onychoideas. All those stems are really thick and woody. And what did you call it? The little notches, the little crevasses. Crevasses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I do corroborate. That. <laughs> I corroborate that. <laughs> I'm your character I, I, gotta, witness. I gotta stay on my work <laughs> grind even if I'm not working. <laughs> yeah, the the thicker leaved ones you do you do see those getting the woody stem a lot quicker, and that's I think just because structurally it needs that to not snap and break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely something to consider. But also, especially on the bigger leaves, like it's hard to remember whenever you're doing like pest management or preventative care. To all like underneath the leaves is so important. We're always focused on the top of the leaves, but underneath is so, so important. Pests will always hide there. So, as part of your pest management, make sure you're getting the stems, but underneath the leaves, like everywhere. Very important. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually pretty focused on the backside, so I, I take care of it all. <laughs> well, I do love treating bigger leaf toya though. And also, if you have flat mites with those, it's so much easier. Well, even mealybugs, too. It's easier because you have such big leaves and the stems are so prominent that it's just like there's so much internodal spacing. Like, it's just easy to scrub those down. And likelihood of survival. Remember those Hoya, Lydia, that we got um, that were that had some mealybugs, mealies on them a long time ago. And you were like, I'm not keeping this. I don't want this in my collection and I kept it and like I treated it and it survived and it's got these like huge patches of like scarring from the mealies. No, it was spider mites or spider mites, Mm -hmm. whatever. It had pests 
And like Lydia was like, not coming to my house. And I was like, eh, I'm no, gonna try I it. Spider and I treated it and it lived and it's got all that scarring, but like it's popping off. It like it's like nothing ever happened to it. Yeah, spider mice just like go, 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 go. Mealies are pretty easy because you yeah. just doop, 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 and they're gone. But spider mice are like hiding here, there, everywhere. And it's like Boogeyman Central. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> ain't no one got time for no Boogeyman Central here. You know how many plants I got? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Central. I'd rather treat pests on a big leaf Hoya than uh, thick leaf Hoya than a smaller one. How about we just say we're going to be treating no pests? <laughs> yeah, well, I never want to deal with pests. But yeah, no, but it's going to happen. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Okay, so as far as the thicker leaves go, especially like big leaves, I feel like big leaves and small leaves, like for like future planning for trellising and things like that, you have to think of like what your options are. And so what are the ways that, you know, you guys like to manage your plants like as as they grow? Like what are, what is it that you usually do with your thicker leaves? Oh, yeah. If I know that I want it to take a certain shape, like I have it on a circle trellis or a U trellis or zigzag, whatever shape trellis I want, I know that I have a very small window of time to direct the direction of the vine. Otherwise, it's going to go where it wants to or it's going to break. So that is something that I do plan ahead. If I see it, oh, like this one's growing a vine, then I know I have to keep checking on it that week to make sure that as soon as it's long enough for me to clip it in the direction I want and still have it pointing up, I'll do that. So that's one thing that I really plan for. Yeah. I think thick-leafed Hoya in general, just they should be on a trellis. They need support somehow. Well, okay. They don't because I've seen obovadas in trailing pots. Trailing. The leaves get a lot smaller, mm-hmm. but it's still cute. Uh, personally, I have all my big leaf Toya trellised up because that's just what I like. And I think that they also like that. It makes their leaves grow bigger and it just fills out more, right? Yeah. But you are very right with the small amount of time to decide which way you want that to go. Cause their stems do kind of tend to harden off some of them, at least like the obovada and the carii. But I don't know. Lydia and I had kind of talked about doing this because I hate and most of my Hoya are like this, but I hate when like I just have one side of the trellis full and then you have like this long vine waiting to like put leaves out to get long enough so you can bend it down. But then it just doesn't give vibes because the leaves are upside down. So we talked about you if you let it grow out and tip over the pot and force out a new vine right at the base. So I think I'm going to start trying that with some of my Hoya, you know? Yeah. So we were talking about that and I was going to do that for my <laughs> affinity Meredith Yai from Ache. And, you know, I was like waiting, 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 waiting. And now the vine goes past like a bamboo trellis. That's what this is like a two foot trellis. And I lost patience and I repotted it today. No, you didn't. <laughs> Well, see, I was patience waiting. is not your strong suit. And that vine, it just kept on slapping me in the leg every day. And I was like, when? When is the apical dominance going to happen? When are you going to give me a second vine? And I was like, you know what, sis? It ain't happening. It didn't happen last month. It ain't happening this month. You're just, you're going on a trellis. Does that, <laughs> did that vine have leaves on it? Yeah, there's, there's two leaves coming out on it. Mm. And usually, you know, but that one just got so, like that vine just, keeps on growing so quickly. You know what I did though? I have a, um, a way mania and that one doesn't put out like a long vine before the leaves come in. 
it's like it puts out like the short little vine for like the next set of leaves and it'll grow those leaves before it puts out another one. And so that one, I did have the patience to allow it to just like grow and it eventually like tipped over and it promoted apical dominance and that second vine did come out at the base. So, yeah. So then you can have two different vines growing to where you can put on either side of your trellis and then it's normal, you know, because then otherwise (laughs) what, because Adam and I use the U shaped bamboo trellis. And what I'll do is as soon as that vine gets to the top of the trellis, I'll clip it and start, you know, having it follow the shape of the U and going downwards and then back over again. And right at the top where you bend that vine is where another vine usually starts, which is super annoying because <laughs> what it like, there's no trellis up there. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know where you're going, but that's mm-hmm. not where I wanted that to happen. But it always happens like that. Yeah. <laughs> it will always put out the new, when you release apical dominance, it'll always put out the new vine at the point. That's the highest point before it tips down below itself. <gasps> Maybe. We could, like, as soon as a vine starts going, just start tipping it earlier on. And then if a vine were to start even, like, two leaves in, you can then get that other vine to go the other way. Isn't that what I just said? (laughs) No, I meant, like, instead of, like, having it go there, just, like, as soon as it gets to that point and you can clip it to the other side, just, just Oh, bend it over? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It'll be unsightly for a little bit, but maybe that would... Bend it over right away, Adam. Yeah, you know me. For for those uh, <laughs> not visually able to see this, he just slapped the pot on its booty. <laughs> yeah, but so I do think that all thick leaves need trellis. To be honest. Yeah, but what if they're thick leaved and small, like Mathilde? Yeah, well, true. That doesn't need a trellis. I have mine on a trellis just because I don't have plants hung in windows anymore but you used to have that one hanging and it was a little like well hanging flowing thing yeah which looked cute too yeah i do love it there's there is one over there by the window that's my, my regular matilda this one's with splash mm. that was oh hanging. yeah i see it and so it just dangles it is really pretty so you're you're right not all thick leaved the bigger leaved ones yes i think they need a trellis but the smaller leaved ones no because they're still cute dangling yeah they're just not as tidy you know yeah and i think also it depends on what kind of space you have like i have you know a few plants that i just kind of let them get unruly and let them do their thing but most of them are on a circle trellis because it helps with space and you don't want you know after the great flat might scare you don't want foliage touching each other because then everyone's spreading cooties to everybody and you know we don't got time for that and so Mm. I think that's like so ingrained into like me, especially that I want it to be like on a trellis. I don't want anybody touching anybody like a new vine. Where are you going? You're not going to go touch that plant. You're staying in your pot, you know? So <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely used to just, the Holy Spirit. yeah, I used to always just like shove everything close together. And now after the great flat mite and past situations, I also try and keep room between my plants because that like letting those pests spread is definitely a fast way to lose the battle. Yeah. And definitely like for some plants, it's just preference. Like, you know, for instance, like a Matilde, you can put it on a trellis or you can let it trail. And if you're not a hundred percent sure, 
Sorry. I don't know what I Are opened. you playing Candy Crush right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I opened something. That was <laughs> it was not that Candy was Crush. The, that was the most <laughs> guilty look ever. She's like, no, I just like opened something. <laughs> did it was, sound like when the candies crush into each other and they It did sound like that. <laughs> I don't know why that made noise. I thought I had turned all my sounds off. <laughs> so I could play Candy Crush and see No. <laughs> I sent you something though. Okay, but it was, was not funny. Candy Crush. I promise funny. it wasn't. I was just embarrassed because I made noise. Ooh. But if you're not 100% sure what you should do with your plant, then do what I always do. Do a quick Google search or I always <laughs> oh, use yeah. Instagram. That search function in Instagram works better than Google when it comes to Hoya, in my opinion. Okay, so... Let's talk about that real quick because yeah. you do use that a lot to search for Hoya. I've tried that mm-hmm. and it doesn't bring anything up, but it's because I'm typing it like it's a hashtag without the hashtag. You type it just like as you would in Google, like Hoya yeah. space Matilde. Yep. Yeah. Okay. No, I type it in with the hashtag sign in front well, of it and everything. Yeah, yeah if you type I it don't. with the hashtag, you leave it all one word. But if you don't use the hashtag, you can just type in words, I think. Yeah, I oh. just type it in as words. Like I'll just do like. Hoya, Tom Sonii, like you do a Google search, press search, and then either on your for you or you go under tags and it'll show you like if you especially if you go under tags and it'll see show that. you like all the similar ones. Mm-hmm. And I just click through all of them until I see something that I like. Okay. You can just see all these people and that's yeah. all the same person. But like there's a trailing one. There's one on like a circle so trellis it yeah. and it shows you how, you know, it would look if your plant is bigger and fuller and it gives you an idea of, okay, like this what is plan what I want to do, you know? Yeah. I see sometimes I use the hashtag to like help me figure out the spelling. So see, I, I don't know if I can do your method because I use Instagram to help. To help me with the spelling. Oh yeah, it doesn't. It so doesn't I'd help. Always with that. start by you, typing typing hashtag Hoya whatever. Yeah, you got to know the spelling already. Yeah. So, well, for Vaviengensis, I will never know that spelling. <laughs> but yeah, that's so. a, that is a, that is a really good idea. Just see how people are doing it. See if you like that vibe, um, and then go for it. Yeah. It's always easier to start when they're small. And train them to look the way that you want it to than trying to do it, yeah, do it later. later. Yeah, because, I'm, cause, you know, if you have your plant, plant trailing opposed to on a trellis, the foliage even grows differently. And so they'll like kind of retrain themselves to position in a way that they need to. But I always feel like it just looks cleaner if you do it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why my NGG died because it was trailing and then I put it on a trellis. Maybe I didn't kill it from water. You killed it. <laughs> You couldn't let me have that. <laughs> no, you killed it. After I cared and nurtured that plant for so long to get it to you. Anyway, our next. Um, <laughs> but speaking of continuing growth, I think pot size, especially for the thicker, bigger leaved Hoya, is something that needs to be considered. What is it that that you guys usually do with your with your thicker leaved Hoya, especially the big ones? As far as pot size goes, mm-hmm. I think my max pot size is 5.5 inches. Is that this? Yeah, that's a 5.5 okay. inch pot. That's the max that I put anything in nowadays. Maybe a six inch. The The black net pots might be six inch, but yeah. And that's for us for, you know, like 
using semi hydroponics. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I usually start mine out in like a 2.5 pot if it's just a fresh cutting. And then once I, because you start noticing like once the roots are more established, even if you can't see through the pot, because the water dries out so quickly and especially those big leaves, like they are, they drink up that water so fast. Mm -hmm. And then usually I'll move it up to more of its permanent home. Like if it doesn't seem to have as established of a root system or not as like thick of roots, then I'll put it into like a four inch, but yeah, like 5.5 inch, six inch will be forever homes for my, my bigger plants. Yeah, me too. Me three. The thing that I do notice is once they start getting top heavy and they're already in that 5.5 pot, then I just start um, giving them support from the top. However, it be that I clip them to the wall or my furniture or I literally have, um, what do you call like the little grocery bag ties that kind of twisty clip ties. them to the twisty tie and clip them to the shelf. Yeah, you got all kinds of <clears throat> thing like pipe, pipe cleaners, cleaners twisty tie, <laughs> everything. Have, like magnetic hooks that I usually hook things into yeah, but on my shelves. I usually don't go bigger than that because I, to me, Hoya like being a little bit root bound. And I'm also like not trying to grow a tree. So Mm -hmm. like if you, if you give it a bigger pot, it's going to, I feel like it's going to fill it out. You know, the old like wives tale, I don't know if you can call it that, but like the, the lore, the Hoya lore of your Hoya won't grow until it's like root bound, Mm. which I don't, I don't buy because I've I've had so many Hoya not, but I do have some thicker leaved Hoya, like uh, my Clemenciorum. I moved it up to a bigger pot and it's, it's forever pot. So I probably upsized a little too quick. Like I went from like a two inch to a five, five inch mm-hmm. just because I didn't want to, I don't love repotting things constantly. I don't love retrellising things. So I'm like, okay, well this is your forever home. That's where I'm going to put you mm-hmm. in. It, it's been stagnant since I put it in there. Cause it's working on those roots, even though it had quite a good root system. I feel like it's working on those. And that's what I've noticed with some of my thicker leaf toys that they do take a little bit to grow new leaves if you if they have a lot of room in their roots but for the most part i don't buy that whole thing and sometimes like for you your plants grow a lot sometimes slowing down that growth is not necessarily a bad thing yeah but yeah that hasn't put out a new leaf in like probably about a month so and it was pretty consistently popping out new leaves, mm-hmm. but I repotted it and it just kind of stopped. But it could also be a little bit of shock from the repot. Cause when I repot it's I strip it because I want to <laughs> oh make sure goodness. that there's no root mealies or anything. So oh I'm like, God. I really get all that stuff off there just to look, you know, this I like to know. Summer. I have a Ricardo that I was growing for two years and Ricardo has always been an easy growing, quick growing Hoya, like a steady growing Hoya for me. It would always be giving me new leaves. And it lived in a four inch pot from the moment that I had gotten it as like, I don't know, I think it was like two or three nodes or something like that. And I was like, okay, this is going to be the year I'm going to, I'm going to move you up. And so I moved him up and it's a he cause he's Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> I moved him up to a 5.5 inch pot and for like a month it didn't really do anything. And now it has three vines going here there everywhere there's one that started literally i mean that shelf that it's on is like what would you say the height of that middle um vitsu shelf is right there two feet 
Like the whole height of it? No, just just up to the middle right there. I think two feet. Like two feet. So I have it on a shelf that's like two feet. And now that vine, it wrapped around one of the cables of the lights and it's touching the ceiling. <laughs> and there's all new leaves on it. I mean, it has popped off like crazy. Yeah. And I think it's because I gave it a little bit of a pop. But that's going to be its forever home. So. But you did notice that it like kind of stopped doing what it was doing. It did for a little, for a little bit. And then once it decided it was going to go, it went. Yeah. But it, I mean, I did have to wait until like I could start seeing the roots on the outside of the pot. And now there's roots that are into the actual cash po. Um, but it take, it did take just a little bit of time. Yeah. But I think for people who, I mean, we're not soil girl girlies here. No. But I have heard from people who use soil that, those plants may need a little bit of a bigger pot. And I think that's different from us though, because our plants still have the opportunity for those roots to continue to grow out of the pot into the cash po. Mm, but yeah. for people who use soil, that's more of like a finite amount of space. Like once those roots start coming out of the pot, like most of the time they'll dry up or, you know, they don't have as much room to like keep on going. So um, I've even seen, I mean, we like Jesse and I, I've gone to like nurseries and they have a Hoya that are in like a gallon bucket, like a carry eye or something like that, you know? So, yeah. Sometimes I think it's a little too big, but yeah, there are instances where it's too big, but I think like (laughs) if, if that plant is like really growing constantly, you know, like even think of like your carnosa, you know, that's a soil plant and you put it into something much, much bigger, but that's still going to be its forever home, but much bigger than, any of our, you know, hydroponic plants would go in. Yeah. 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 That thing's a beast. Yeah. Is that all we had to talk about with our thickums? I think so. So that's our tips, tricks, experiences with the big thick veinies. Yeah. Audience, we're giving you a homework because I want to see the thickums. So when you hear this, whenever you hear it, regardless of when you hear it, Take a picture of your thick-leaved Hoya, tag us on Instagram, because we want to see them. Especially if you have found a creative way to, like, shape them, trellis them, hang them. I want to see it all. Yeah. And they can be big, they can be small, any size. We don't yeah. shame. Um, but yeah, so our Instagram is at Let's Talk Talk Hoya. Let's... Did I say that very weird? No, no you just said it very fast. At Let's Dot Talk Hoya. Mm-hmm. That's where you can find us. That's where you can tag those cute pictures. But you can also find us individually on Instagram. My Instagram is at notdude. I'm at thegreenplant.az. And I'm at perritos y plants. Adios. Annyeong. Bye. <laughs> I just couldn't wait to get that out. <laughs> Bro, I was holding the whole time.